Philippians chapter 2, and I want to speak to you. Uh, We have been in a four-part series, and we've looked at the four points of the cross. And for week number one, we talked about the first point of the cross, and we talked about God's forgiveness. Man, thank God for that. We looked at the second week, and we talked about the second point of the cross, God's grace. And man, thank God for that. Last week, we talked about the judgment of God. And really, what does that mean to be saved from that? And tonight, we're going to talk about the humility of God. So we talked about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the judgment of God. And tonight, I want to speak to you about the humility of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to look at those first 11 verses. And as you're turning there, this is a true story. Albert Einstein was traveling on a train one time. And he was traveling, and what took place is uh, he got on the train, and have you ever just lost something? You just couldn't believe you lost it. You know, like you lost a purse, or you lost a cell phone, or a wallet. Well, he gets on the train, and he's lost his ticket. And all of a sudden, the conductor, he starts going row by row, and, and all of a sudden, who doesn't recognize Albert Einstein? You know, the big, fluffy hair. And, and he goes up to Mr. Einstein, he says, Mr. Einstein, do you have your ticket? And he starts looking through his pocket. He can't find the ticket. And he looks at the young man. He goes, young man, I'm Albert Einstein, and I'm so sorry to have my ticket. And the conductor goes, don't worry, Mr. Einstein. I know who you are. So the conductor, he keeps going through rows. And all of a sudden, he sees this, you know, this 60-year-old man. He's down. He's looking underneath the, the, the seats on the train, and he, he can't find it. And all of a sudden, the conductor comes over and says, Albert, or Mr. Einstein, I know who you are. No problem. You don't need to show me the ticket. And Albert Einstein looks at him. He goes, young man, I know who I am as well. I just don't know where I'm going. <laughs> and, and can I tell you something? That that's what the cross of Christ does. It doesn't just save us. It doesn't just give us mercy. It doesn't just give us grace. It doesn't just rescue us from judgment. But the cross of Christ directs us where we're going. And and when our eyes are focused on Jesus and on him crucified and on his cross, we walk in the right ways. Everything we do just seems to go better. But when we take our eyes off the cross, when we take our eyes off of Jesus, that's where we encounter the most turbulence in life. Now, I'm going to be honest. We're going to encounter turbulence even if our eyes are on the cross. But I would rather have turbulence with Jesus than turbulence without him. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And here's what the word says. It says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, Barry's talking to you. Just go ahead and do it right there. All right, verse number four. Each of you should should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself 
He humbled himself. The creator of the world humbled himself. And became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Friends, tonight I want to speak to you real briefly on the humility of the cross. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much that Jesus, you humbled yourself. You did not have to, but even as God, fully God and fully man, you humbled yourself for us. I pray, Lord, that we would follow your example and that, God, we would have the power of the cross in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Now, I want to encourage you, next Wednesday night, we're going to start a brand new series entitled Home Improvement. And next Wednesday, man, it's going to be a good series. Next Wednesday night, we're going to talk about home improvement, and we're going to go room by room through our lives. And so next week, we're going to talk about the closet. Now, I want to tell you something. Everybody's got things in the closet. Everybody has stuff in the closet. And we're going to talk about next week what God wants us to do and how our closets can be clear. Amen to that. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the last point of this series, the humility of the cross. So I want to look at a couple points here. First of all, number one, the humility of Jesus. Isn't that amazing that Jesus became humble? If there was anybody who didn't need to be humble. But the humility of Jesus should encourage us to put others before ourselves. Look at verse number three. We're gonna be in um, Philippians chapter two all night long. Verse number three says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. I wanna ask you tonight, are you humble? If you're humble, would you just raise your hand? (laughs) Friends, we need to be like the Lord. If Jesus Christ God himself was humble. We should be humble. And I want to encourage you tonight that as we look at the cross of Christ, we need to make sure that we have humility in ourselves. You know, we have a lot of gifted people here at Crown Point Church. We have a lot of people that that God has blessed them and he's gifted them. But you know what I've heard T.D. Jake say? If you got to tell somebody how good you are, if you have to have a badge, a button, or a flyer, you know what, you missed the point. You know what impresses me? Is people that are extremely gifted and you never know about it. Friends, I wanna encourage you. When we look at the cross of Christ, we see the humility of Jesus. Jesus Christ had the very power to raise people from the dead, to speak to people that they could receive their eyesight, to to literally have limbs grow back, but he himself was humble, and we need to make sure that we're humble. You know, if you want a quick thing to help your marriage, be humble in your marriage. Do I get an amen? Could I borrow one? (laughs) I mean, humility in your marriage. Humility is a blessing. Let's look at number two. So the humility of Jesus should encourage us. And then number two, the humility of Jesus should change our attitude. Oh, man. How many of you at times need an attitude adjustment? 
I want you to finish this very truthful phrase. Attitude is. Okay, we, okay. hold on here. That was like a Royals game. I don't know what happened over there. Okay, it, it's everything. Okay, so attitude is. I'm telling you, attitude is everything. If you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed, you're like, oh man, praise God. God's for me and not against me. Oh man, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You got a pretty good chance to have a good day, don't you? But if you get up out of bed in the morning and you see those wrinkles, you see those stretch marks, you see those love handles, you see those bald spots, well, the best days are over. If that's your mentality, then the best days are over. But you know what? I'm 36 and proud of it. And I'm telling you, the best days for Barry Young, they're totally ahead. As good as the past was, the present and the future will be twice as good. But you know what? You gotta have the attitude. You gotta have the attitude. And here's what happens. When we humble ourselves before God, all of a sudden we get an attitude adjustment. I'm firmly committed to this thought that truly attitude is everything. If Christians had the right attitude in marriage, their marriages would be different. If Christians had the right attitude with their kids, their kids' relationships and family life would be different. If Christians had a a different attitude with their money, with their church, we gotta have the right attitude. But see, we only get the right attitude when we humble ourselves before God. Verse five says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So if somebody does something to offend you in the church, well, bless God, I'm leaving Crown Point Church. Ah. <laughs> you know what I've told people before? Depends on who they are. <laughs> Every church needs a good bowel movement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so. It just depends on who they are. (laughs) You can't find a perfect church. You know what I love? I look at these folks here. When, when, When people pick a church and say, you know what? We're gonna make this our home. And we're gonna support it. We're gonna do what we can do here. There's power in that. Okay, so let's look at number three here. Really moving quickly. Okay, the humility of Jesus should encourage us. It should change our attitudes. Number three, let's look at verse number seven. It says, but Jesus Christ made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Number three, the humility of Jesus should motivate us to be servants. Uh, do, Do you know something? That when I see somebody who's a servant, that's who reminds me of Jesus. I, I've seen people that, man, they can preach, but I know the private life isn't there. They can sing or play an instrument, but the private life isn't there. When I look at somebody and they're truly godly, they're truly like Jesus, they're a servant. You know, if you want your life to count, I was there yesterday with Charlotte's father, 85-year-old man, and I thought to myself, this brother's just a few steps away from being in eternal life. He knew the Lord, he was a man of God. You know what? 
The greatest title God will ever give you or me is this, when we die, if we've served him. Well done, my good and faithful. That's the number one title. Do you see how God is so different than our current uh, church structure, or not church structure, but political structure? We look at presidents, governors, millionaires, movie stars, professional athletes, and God says the greatest title is servant, number four. So the humility of Jesus should motivate us to be servants. Number four, if you want your life to count, be a servant. Number four, the humility of Jesus produced death on the cross and should help us to put death to things in our lives that shouldn't be allowed to exist. I'm gonna get in your seat here for a moment. Let's look at verse number eight. And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. One more time, the humility of Jesus produced death on the cross and should help us to put death to things in our lives that shouldn't be allowed to exist. We need to get rid of pride. The areas you have pride and the areas I have pride, we've gotta make sure we put that to death. Pride comes before the fall. Pride has kept people from going to heaven Pride has kept people from getting their marriages fixed. Pride has kept people from accepting responsibility and getting their families healed. Pride has kept people from greatness. Pride has kept people from God's very blessings. Pride has kept people from living the abundant life that God wants them to live. And friends, here's what the word says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Luke 14, 11 says, he who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, he will be exalted. Very young interpretation is you're gonna get humble one way or the other, or you might as well do it. <laughs> ain't, it ain't it more comfortable when we humble ourselves than when God does it? Yeah. Woo! Okay. What is it that you need to put to death? Are you here? And you do have a bad attitude. Let's put that to death. Uh, are you here tonight and you're dealing with gossip? Okay, let's put that to death. Are you here and you're struggling with lust? Okay, let's put that to death. Are you here and, and you're struggling because you've got to make sure that you're always right in arguments? Okay, let's put that to death. Are you here tonight and, and you're not having daily prayer time with God? Okay, let's put that to death. I want to give you this one thought. It's not in the notes. Death always precedes life. Death always precedes life. And friends, Jesus said, if you want to live, you need to die. What do you need to die to tonight? Here's what John says in John chapter three, verse 30. He says, you must become greater and I must become less. Let's look at the fifth one very, very quickly. Number five, the humility of Jesus. Oh, thank God, it led to his exaltation. Look at verse number nine. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Woo, and gave him the name that is above every name. Okay, here's what I want to do. How many people want to be blessed? Just raise your hand. How many people, you want to have God's favor? Just raise your hand. How many want to be financially so blessed that you can just bless other people? Just raise your hand. How many people want to get younger again? Just raise your hand. Okay, well, three out of four is not bad. Huh. Okay, here we go. Okay, here, here's the thing. I want you to just receive this. You can never have God's very best for your life unless you're humble. You can never have God's, no, I'm not talking about just getting by in life. I'm not just talking about some average 
existence. No, no, no. I'm talking about having life and having it more abundantly. You cannot have God's very best and not be humble. You know who exudes that's our senior pastor? Uh, many of you don't understand how the Assemblies of God is structured, and I didn't know it till I became a pastor. But in the Assemblies of God, each state typically is a district, and they have a thing which is called an assistant superintendent and a superintendent. Pastor Newby is an assistant superintendent. Are you ready for this? Pastor Newby is approximately over 400 churches and about 2,000 ministers. Okay, so when I go to these big Assembly of God meetings, now I'm nobody. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about that, but... Pastor's very powerful. This is what pastor does. Hey, how are you doing? And he'll just talk to somebody who's not even a pastor. How are you doing? And pastor, he's not, and then I'll go and I'll see some other pastors who are powerful. Hey, how, you know, I mean, they don't even look people in the eyes. They're... God's exalted Pastor Newby because he's humble. I just want to, I want to give you this thought here. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. You can't exalt yourself. You can try, but it'll never work. You cannot exalt yourself. You can't exalt your finances. You can't exalt your marriage. You can't exalt your job. You humble yourself before the Lord, and then he's the one that lifts you up. And, and can I just tell you, some of you here tonight, I'm just gonna be honest, some of you, you you've kind of banged your head against the wall because you're trying to exalt yourself. Humble yourself. Let me give you the last one here. Number six, the humility of Jesus. I love this. It was followed by supreme power just by the mentioning of his name. I want you to just glance at this thought. How much power do you just mention the name? Here's what the word says in verse 10 and 11. This is just the name of Jesus. This is not Jesus showing up in bodily form and raising Lazarus from the dead. This is not Jesus going and feeding 5,000 people miraculously. And really it was like 10,000 because that number didn't include women and children. Okay, here's what, the, here, here's what just the name, Jesus. Here's what it does, verse 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every just the Americas. No, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know what this said is exactly what's gonna happen? At the end of time, every human will confess the name of Christ. Some will confess it in salvation willingly and some will confess it as they are separated from God. And so I want to ask you tonight, how humble are you? You know, it's weird. Anytime you talk about humility, you know, it's kind of a joke because just when you think you're humble, you've missed it. So it's kind of silly. The people that don't know they're humble are maybe the most humble. I wanna give you four things to take home tonight as Pastor Ferdy and the worship team come play real softly. Let me just give you four things that I wanna give this to you. If you put these four things in your life tonight, if you put these four things in, if you just say, you know what, 
I'm gonna take these tools Barry gave me, I'm gonna put them in life. You do these four things, you're gonna see immediate blessings in your life. Let me give you these four things tonight as it, as it um, deals with humility. Number one, four things that are really practical steps. Number one, humility was a cornerstone of the life of Christ, and so we will be more like Jesus if we're humble. You know, I love having the power of God. Have you ever just moved in the power of God? I've done it before, where God was just moving in my life, and I would just look at somebody and say something. I could just see God moving in their life, and they'd start crying, and God would start healing their heart. Or, or I've seen it where I, I, I've had people that were totally resistant to God, and then all of a sudden, the presence of God just showed up, and I was able to start talking to them, and all of a sudden, they're ready to become Christians. I've seen it where, where people have come in my office, and all hell is breaking loose in a relationship, and all of a sudden, the love of God just begins to open and soften their hearts, and all of a sudden, healing just begins to take place in a relationship. I, I, this isn't in the notes, but I want to give this to you. If you want power, then be humble. And isn't that totally contrary to the nature of this society? What's this society say? Survival of the fittest. Only the strong survive. Might makes right. That's how our society works. But that's totally contrary to how the kingdom of God works. If you want power, be humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. Let's look at number two. So if you want immediate, immediate change in, in your life, number one, you, you, you humble yourself and then you're gonna become like Jesus. Number two, humility. Oh, <laughs> whew. I wish I'd have got this when Kelly and I got married when I was 27 years old. <laughs> I've learned it in the last nine years. Humility will keep us from making big mistakes in every area of our life. Oh, man. <laughs> have you ever done that before? You know what my dad would call that? Barry, you bit off more than you could chew. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? You just bit off too much. And now you got all this anxiety or, well, you bit off too much and now you got payments that you just can't afford or you're struggling. Well, here's what happens. When, when we have humility, listen to me, it will protect you from big mistakes. When you're not worried about keeping up with the Joneses, you know what, that's gonna protect you from a lot of stress. You know what, when you're not worried about, oh, I gotta look the best and, and I gotta be perfect in front of people, guess what? That brings peace to your heart. And I, and I just wanna encourage you, as you leave here tonight, as you leave here tonight, walk in humility in every decision you make. I, I just wanna throw this thought at you. Ask God, Lord, how can I be humble in this decision-making process? Let me give you the third one tonight. So what, what, what can we take home and just change our life immediately? Number three, hum, oh, this is big. Humility will attract people to us. Humility will attract people to us. If you wanna have more friends, become more humble. If you wanna have a more enjoyable relationships with your family, become more humble. Friends, you know, thousands of people follow Jesus, literally. Can you imagine that our Savior, he'd go from town to town, thousands of people just be following him. They weren't just following him because he was powerful. They were following him because he was humble. Have you ever just been with somebody and they're telling you how great they are? You know, you, you don't want to be with them. <laughs> Have you ever been with somebody and you just can't get a word in edgewise because they're just talking and talking and talking and talking? Jesus had a way that he would meet people and connect. 
If you want more friends, become more humble. Let me give you the last one here tonight as we close. Is that humility, and we've already said this, gives our lives power. It does. And tonight, this isn't in the notes, but I gotta say this before we close. Pride brings death. Listen to me, friends. A lot of people have become bankrupt because they were prideful. A lot of relationships got destroyed because they were prideful. A lot of people's lives, they never got accomplished what they wanted to get accomplished before they died because they were prideful. Listen to me, friends. We gotta extinguish pride from our hearts. There's times that we all, including me, We've got to extinguish pride. And so tonight, would you just bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that your son Jesus humbled himself and let himself get crucified for us. And so Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. You know, tonight, it seems like Difficult things happen in, in our church life and in every church I've served in lumps. Um, just this last two weeks, two people that were associated and came to Crown Point Church passed away. And I'm, I'm doing one of the funerals tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I'm gonna be able to look out at a funeral home that's gonna be probably packed. And you know what I'm gonna say tomorrow night? This is the honest to God truth. <laughs> At the end of that funeral, I do this at every funeral I preach. At the end of that funeral, I'm going to be behind that lectern or whatever it is. And I'm going to look at every person there. And I'm going to say, one day, you're going to be in that casket. One day, I'm going to be in that casket. And once we're in there, no more decisions can be made. No more choices. All freedom is gone. And if we've made Jesus Christ our Lord... Death is not the end, it's the beginning. If we haven't made Jesus Christ our Lord, it'll be an eternity of separation from God. And tonight, as we close here tonight, the ultimate show of humility is when we say, you know what, Lord? I need you as my Savior. I need you as my Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, you're here and you say, Barry, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Barry, I'm not sure if I died tonight, if I would go.